We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll go first. Dom Cappuccini clearly rose his shunts and pickiness on an all-star trade values. Um, pickiness on all-star trade values. Murray and now Spida. Is this an encouraging sign or is their process doomed to wear thin on all by this time next year? Jeremy, what do you think? I think it's, at a certain point, fans will want to see some more than what the Knicks can provide. Uh, whether it's through the draft or an established star, there needs to be someone who kind of progresses this core. Who that is, though, really not sure. Man. I will say, you're, you hit it on process because this got compared to the mellow trade a lot by some places. And look, like people on ESPN yelling aside... I don't think there actually were a lot of intelligent basketball minds saying like the Knicks have to do this trade because they need a star. There was considerable risk considered in all of this. The difference, and I'll, I'll again, you just said it, at least how I see it, is that when Walsh came here, like the first big moves he made were, okay, clearing out cap space. Jamal Crawford, gone. Zach Randolph, gone. A future first-round pick to get Jared, Jared Jeffries, gone. And we're lined up, and the main plan is summer 2020, or summer 2010. And Leon hasn't done that. The process has shown that you can walk away from this. I said this with Favalli last night. Am I allowed to be disappointed, but at the end of the day, okay, if Leon Rose says this is too rich for my blood. Like I'm walking away from the table with this and I'll, you know, take what I have to the next negotiation. You know, I think that yeah. that's more where I land on it at this point. Jeremy, you got uh, from Michael. John was so thirsty. The entire saga can see the disappointment in his face. It's okay, buddy. We can't trade all draft assets from 24 to 29 for an eight seed. Uh, John knows that he, uh, listen, he really wanted Donovan Mitchell, like a lot of other people did, but he even has his limitations too. And as we discussed, the Cavs wanted Donovan Mitchell more. They put more on the table. They were more prepared. 
based on where they're currently at right now, can't blame them. I, mm. I, I, that is a question for John, but you it nailed is. it. I, I, I'm sticking with John. I, I, I get I, it. I think at this point, I get it. I, I, I don't know. I'm at the point where it, I understand if people like John built up the expectation and Doug, like, as analytically inclined as he is, and allows uh, as film driven as some people are, saw the ceiling of this team with Donovan Mitchell higher, obviously, than the ceiling we saw last year, at least the floor of this team being higher. Um, yay, I get to read this one because it's addressed to me. Robert Cross, GMAC, can we make a t shirt for cutlets? Um, Jeremy is cutlets, by the way, because my favorite member of KFS is S I Z Z L I N J. NG um, hashtag 53 wins. Um, you're sizzling, Jeremy. Yeah, honestly, the uh, the growth, or the, the the growth in value that I've had in the depth chart that is uh-huh. Robert Cross's favorite uh, KFS members. It's tremendous. I've really come a long way. So thank you, Robert. I believe you've you've officially taken over. Like you've accomplished. Oh, he said you said to yeah. yeah you've you've accomplished everything you need to accomplish here at KFS. Um, I've cased the competition. There you go. You're up. Uh, Haitian Ferg, disappointed, not mad. The juice was not worth squeeze. This trade would have crippled us, remove all emotion, and you'll see that pulling out was right. 525 votes on this poll in the chat. Um, How are you feeling today? 48% good. Price was way too high. 34% neutral. Trust the process. 17% bad needed to get a star that seems so, to be the direction i mean it's what 83 percent of people yeah, that are, are either neutral are not or bad good. yeah yeah that should tell you how people are feeling yeah yeah it does once again robert cross i am taking over taking the over in vegas with not a care in the world hashtag 53 wins I, without even looking, I can guarantee Robert 53 is over what the Knicks <laughs> will be projected to win this yes. year. Good. One for you. Ah, Robert Cross. Welcome back. The sky is not falling. We should be focused on getting Mr. Grumpy off the roster. Mr. Grumpy, of course, is Julius Randle. If Obi was starting, we would be more than fine this year. Hashtag 53 wins. Yeah, it, it'll be fascinating to see what Obi's role is, but I think that if the whole point is you're not trading the younger players to get a star, fans can get behind that. If you're not trading the younger players and not giving them the opportunity that they deserve in year three or year two, then what are you doing? So yes, I would hope or at least like to believe that they will find an opportunity for Randall elsewhere to give Obi that chance. Just now that this is behind us, we'll see what the next one is. This is the number one question people ask me like my, my personal life is like can they get rid of Randall and I lean on well John and Jeremy said and because you guys see a way I will trust they also I, I will also trust that, that a way is possible and could potentially happen um, Robert Cross this super chat is to let all of NYK fandom know that I'm smiling ear to ear hashtag 53 wins thank you Robert Cross oh there's more Jeremy, don't worry. Oh, I bet. I, There's way more surprised. coming from, from, our, from our king. Uh, you're up. Frank Sound. No guarantee that Mitchell would have resigned in three years. People miss the aspect that Donovan Mitchell could have dictated his next salary. Extreme risk territory. Mm. I'll push back on this because, yeah. again, if Mitchell really wanted to go to a larger market, 
it's New York or Miami. And sure, he could go to Miami and play with Bam Adebayo. And there probably wouldn't be a lot of other depth that's there. And Jimmy Butler would still be presumably under contract for a little bit. So that might even be a little tricky towards how they get their money and Tyler Hero. But I digress. I think that if it, money was not really the problem for Mitchell, it was more about getting him in the building. The Knicks would have been fine giving him a max contract because he's a max player and they're right to think that. And he just is. So I, I don't, if we're talking about risk in terms of he's a smaller guard fitting him next to maybe someone like Brunson, especially if you're not trading Brunson or wondering about the long-term impact of how having a smaller guard might help you contend. That makes sense as opposed to the financial aspect or leveraging the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks would have presented a max to him the moment free agency opened. So, and they probably would have back channeled beforehand saying we're giving you a max. It would, it, it would have just been understood. So it's not really a, a risk to me in terms of trading for him to not sign him. But if you're a team like Cleveland, there is that risk and we'll see how that pans out for them. There's no world where the Knicks trade for Donovan Mitchell and it's not understood. He's extending in a couple of years. Like so much would have to go wrong. So much would have to go wrong for in three years. He'd be like, I actually don't want to play in New York anymore. You know? So we'll see. Uh, Kenneth Antigua. Ainge dragged this out to get another team to overpay and it worked. Never wanted to deal with New York. Hated him in Boston, Phoenix, and now Utah. Uh, Phoenix is funny. The playing day. (laughs) Danny Ainge. Uh, Look, I'll say this. As As someone who didn't get involved in the discourse, but saw the discourse between prominent members of Nick's Twitter and jazz Twitter. The, there is a, not a lot of crow. Cause maybe that's not the right level to go to that. We have egg in our faces, Nick's fans that Danny Ainge got what he want. I will say just credit where credit is due that there was always confidence nationally. And obviously in Utah, that Ainge will, will win the trade. And regardless of what the Cavs ceiling is now, as far as getting the most that he wanted or getting the exact package that he wanted, he got it. So I at least credit him for being able to do that despite you know two months of negotiating with the Knicks for what they weren't willing to give up. He did find a different team that was willing to give him what he wanted. And as annoying as it is, as far as him you know, playing poker with the Knicks for two months, then getting up and going to like the blackjack table and hitting on the first hand. I like credit. I, I, I got to just commend him for negotiating, getting the, getting the deal he wanted for, for a trade like this, you know? Sure. I just hope we can finally put the kibosh on uh, the Knicks are desperate for a star because if the oh, Knicks were yeah, desperate for a yeah. star, Donovan Mitchell would be in New York right now. Absolutely. They're not, yeah. they're desperate for a star on their terms. And that's okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm trying to put a ticker up. I'll let you read the next question. So, oh no, the next question is of. Oh, I, I scrolled down too far. Next question is for you. And All right. Yes, you. Uh, from Robert Cross. Three unprotected first plus Grimes plus whatever is overpaying for Donovan Mitchell. I'm sure Robert would even more so agree that the unprotected with IQ and RJ, two of them instead of three, would also be overpaying. Uh, it, the fact that Grimes wasn't even really included in this, it doesn't tell me the Knicks weren't serious. It just 
feels like they were serious enough, but like, all right, when, when, if it really needs to get there and really needs to get there, then we'll finally put him in. But at the same time, if he was not present in any of the deals, then I guess they just didn't want to involve him. They didn't like him that much. Yeah. Um, Ray Marcano at the very end of this, I, I would have to scroll all the way down, but I'm going to read a super chat now. You guys are beast two hours in. I want with, I want what Robert Cross is smoking because the Knicks are a 37 win team at best. Hashtag 37 wins, but hashtag dump redacted. Uh, shout out Ray Marcano, a uh, member of the Knicks film school town hall from last night. Also Robert Cross, member of the Knicks yeah. film school town hall. Uh, and then for me, uh, from Rev John Ortiz, glad the drama is over. Can we now trade Randall? Shout out to my brother. Hashtag Claudio rocks. Thank you, Reverend Ortiz. One of my one of my best friends uh, chiming in with a super chat. Uh, and it works out perfect because then Jeremy, this is for you. Robert Cross. <laughs> the super <laughs> chat is just to let my good friend John know that I am in a happy place right now. Well, hashtag 53 wins. I'm sure John, John knows it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's not here to see it, he knows it. Jeremy E, uh, arguably the biggest uh, defender and promoter of the R.J. Barrett hive. Uh, given the plethora of protected picks, are the Knicks more likely to attach one of them to move off? Randall, this is a good question for you. Um, also, thanks for the great t- content throughout this saga. You're welcome. I don't see them attaching a first to move off of Randall. Thought you wouldn't. Again, there's a sunk cost to it as well. Like it's one thing to say, "Hey, we know that it didn't work out with Kemba and Nerlens Noel, and we'll move Burks as well." But the biggest reason behind that is we want to get Jalen Brunson. We want to do it so we upgrade. I get the idea of well, if you move a first with Randall, then you play Obi, which can be an upgrade. But I'm sorry, I don't, I don't see the Knicks using one of the first round picks that they've acquired in some manner to move off of Julius Randle when I think there are other ways to do it. Like I, I go back to the Westbrook trade that I proposed where you move Randle to another place, you get Westbrook, other salaries like Fournier go out. Hayward goes to LA, maybe even Cam Reddish goes to LA. Like There's a pathway for you to do that without having to attach first. And in fact, you could potentially even get a first round pick out of it. You just have to be smart about how you do it. And that's the way to do it. Not like, all right, let's find a team that's willing to take on the risk that's Julius Randle. Because what happens if Julius Randle just isn't as bad as last year? And the team that has him has a first round pick. And you could have just had Julius Randle and not traded a first round pick. So, uh, fellow Jeremy, I'm not there yet. So, my counter is a question. Mm -hmm. Of the four protected picks they have, Dallas, Milwaukee... Dallas, Milwaukee, Detroit, and Washington. What would you say is the worst of the four? Milwaukee. So you would you wouldn't mind? You would be against trading Milwaukee's late first for and Julius if it meant getting Julius off, so that way the roster can consolidate a little more. Yeah, I would be against it because also it's well, what are you bringing back? How does it work within the team dynamic? Right, wouldn't are you, you argue that? Getting a, a a guy that last season at least was a net neutral across well, right, net but, net negative across the board as far who, as detrimental to other players too. I get that, but but who, the market for a lot of these teams is I want to say it's dead, 
but a lot of these teams are dealing with salaries that they've just signed. So what team is looking to get Julius Randle as a fit and move other pieces? Like you could talk about Phoenix, but it would require them to move Crowder and Sharich and I believe Payne to make the math work. The Knicks were already talking about they have too many people on the roster and we need to pare it down a little bit. So it's a, it's a three-team deal. And then well, what's coming back? It's just, there's a lot going on. Whereas I see three teams that have three bloated contracts, all of which work in different ways for other ones. And if you swap them, you could find a, a pairing. We'll see how this weekend goes. Um, but just a little behind the scenes, we have two guests lined up that are content creators for other Blue Wire podcasts and our other markets. The entire point was to try and find a Randall partner. So the thing I'll go back to that backs up your point, we obviously in Nixland see him as so negative an asset that we're asking this question. And yet there is a Phoenix tweet out there. Like, could we get Randall for this, this end of first? Like you might actually be able to net a, a Julius Randall, a first round pick for Julius Randall, rather than feeling you have to, to get a give away a first round pick in the process. Um, all this to say, Jeremy, you're up. Robert Cross, this message is for Cutlets. I appreciate your cool, calm, measured approach here. Your parents did a good job. Hashtag 53 wins. I would agree. I think they did a good job. I didn't help their case, probably. But <laughs> in spite of that, they did a good job. From Zenny, potential and two-way players with length. Uh, yes. Emmanuel Quickly. That's RJ Barrett. That's Quentin Grimes. Um, I like it. And we're going to see if that translates into something long-term successful. I'm not doing this on purpose. It's just how this is working out. Jeremy, you're up. Robert Cross. Does Tibbs have the same faith in Grimes, Obi, and IQ that the front office has? has uh, hat tip to Tommy Beer. Hashtag 53 wins. It really depends on the players ahead. You know, if Evan Fournier is here, Evan Fournier is going to see time. It's going to cut into what Emmanuel quickly could do. If Julius Randle's here, he's going to see time. It's going to cut into what Obi Toppin can do. Uh, Quentin Grimes, I think, is probably going to have a consistent role. But the whole thing of also the Knicks front office wanting Tibbs to use Quentin Grimes in the front o- in the starting lineup, what's a great way for that to happen? It's by removing any <laughs> barricade or anything that would inhibit that from happening, which is finding a new home for Evan Fournier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my turn. Robert Cross, you best believe the broad that Broadway Barrett will do just fine this year. He will not be the problem today or tomorrow moving forward. Hashtag 53 wins. Love the vibes, Robert. Love the passion. Um, next up, wow, I gotta scroll down for this one. Uh you're up. Alex, can Leon put an end to trading lottery picks for future top protections now, though? Um I, I mean, sh- the picks that he received, I guess, are the ones that were on the table. So mm-hmm. he viewed that as getting protected first round picks is a better option than not getting it or getting the 11th overall pick. And time will tell if trading the 11th overall pick instead of taking a player will work out for his benefit. But I mean, I'm sure he would have loved unprotected picks. It's just there's only so much you can do. The spirit of this goes back to to draft night. Um, you can't have all this love and adoration for Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Jericho Sims, and not recognize the Knicks have an eye for talent. 
and especially later in the draft. And as a result, if they decide there's nobody at 11 we like, they know more than us. They have hit on draft picks more than we have. At least this front office has. And as a result, you have to trust that they see more value in the three picks that they got back, which, look, they were a Quentin Grimes or a Mayo quickly or a Danny Ainge, you know, not being Danny Ainge away from getting Donovan Mitchell for those three picks um, or three of those picks. So I, I'm going to trust that Walt Perrin has a better eye for talent than I do. And like, as things still stand today, it's 11 picks in the next seven years. So yeah, I'm okay with the treasure chest still being full, even if it wasn't emptied this time. Um, Shout out to Nick who Nick Desimone, who, um, just sent a just sent a contribution. We appreciate it. Uh, I think I'm. No, you're up. Just yeah. You go. And one more thing: talking about eleven picks in seven years. Again, what if they find a way to add to that? Just with with that type of situation of moving Randall, taking on Russ, who is unplayable. Again, Randall has his flaws, but if you pulled thirty teams, at least one would say, "Yeah, we'll take Julius Randall." Even Without like on a minimum contract, I really don't know how many teams would take Russell Westbrook on a minimum contract just based on how last year unfolded, how the year before that went. Great individual talent, incredible, but just team wise, I don't know. Um, Steve Savale, Alex yes. had a Alex had a response to what I said in the general chat. Uh, this front office, yes, like what his comment was saying was this front office. I would have hit on more picks than Steve Mills if I threw darts blindfolded. Well put, Alex. Well put. Go ahead, yeah. Steve. Uh, I would say just watch out for the chair that's parked in the paint. Um, <laughs> Kevin Knox is a great job of destroying it. Exactly. Uh, Steve Savale. Don't any of you think Randall had a bad year because he had no point guard? Brunson will make him an all star again. I mean, is Randall going to completely overhaul his shot diet? Like, I understand that if you don't have someone who's setting the table, it can be a problem. But Randall is and has always been a high usage player. Right. And again, the issue was more you can't have him, RJ, Donovan, and Brunson because they're just too many cooks in the kitchen. And if, if uh, Mitchell's not here, then you can make a better case that he should stay. And yet I don't think you can because even still, the amount of minutes that he has, you can't play him with, with Obi Top. And the reason I say can't is because Tom Thibodeau won't. It's, it's just not going to be possible. And if you look at last year, Right, the reason why he did it was all these different players were in foul trouble, it was, or or they were injured. Right, Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel, they brought in Taj Gibson. Okay, the, and then there's a point where they still could have brought Obi in, and Tibbs calls for Alec Burks instead. Yeah, the Minnesota game. Yeah. Right, so uh, the same thing's happening here. It's Mitch. It's now Hartenstein. It's Jericho Sims. It, Tibbs wants 48 minutes of rim protection. He's not going to get that. But with Randall again, it's. To me, it hasn't so much been he's missing a point guard. I mean, that's that's an impact. Don't get me wrong. It's just Randall likes to be that guy. And that guy takes shots away from RJ Barrett and Jalen Brunson. And it's just, he had a down year, but I'm sure the point guard play, the lack thereof, didn't help. But a lot of the things with Randall is that it, it comes down to his game style and who he is. So Jeremy just made the point for his play style, which JD Sports Talk when he was here last week made the same point that he's 
the only way for him to be successful is high usage. He's not an off-ball player. His best stretch last season in the middle of the year when we're like, oh, Randall's back was when Tibbs inexplicably left RJ in a blowout and it was just all Randall all the time. Um, as far as him not having a point guard, he made second team all NBA playing most of his minutes next to Alfred Payton. Like that is not the reason why Julius Randall was bad last year. It's because all the long twos he hit and on the threes that he hit in 2021 did not fall in 2022. I'm not and look, I've actually started to become the Randall hater, according to do the general public in our comments. I it's less about whether I think he can be better this year. He cannot be worse than last season. I'm the one that preaches what he did two years ago was special and did. A, I'm the one that got engaged because I made a bet on Julius. Well, okay, not because of that, but I was able to get engaged quicker because I made a bet on Julius Randall making most improved player and use the profits to put a deposit down for an engagement ring. I love Julius Randle. I will thank him for what that season meant to me personally and as a Knicks fan. I also recognize that they picked the power forward with the eighth pick in the draft. They have a coach that doesn't want to play them together. And what's better for this team is not three guys that are better in the starting five or high minutes that need the ball. It is solely a fit thing with Julius Randle. And you know, I, I wish him well in Charlotte or L.A. or Indiana or wherever he goes. I think this team would be better. And there's another part that I don't think we've even talked about. Say John's 10 percent doomsday scenario of them falling out of the plane exists. It's easier to pivot to a tank if Julius isn't here because all right, well, we have kids that are playing. And if they, they show that they still need to learn a little more. All right. We're going to pull the plug on this season with 22 games to go. And then what happened in the last 14 games doesn't happen because now you're you're pivoting a little more. So, um, yeah, it's, that's, that's a good point, take. especially I'm just thinking of this roster and how it's constructed. I mean, you've got Jalen Brunson, who turned 26 the other day, mm -hmm. yesterday, um, Quentin Grimes projecting the front office, the, the starting lineup, RJ Barrett. Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson. Those are five players, 26 or younger. You've got Emmanuel Quickly. You've got Cam Reddish currently. Even if you throw in Fournier, Rose, and Randall, that's what, seven out of 10 who are 26 or below? Uh, that's, and then Deuce McBride and Jericho Sims. So that's nine out of 12, right? I, I mean, mm. I think I'm. I'm Forgetting someone nine out thirteen, there's a there's another player um, that I'm blanking on, but like that's 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 impressive. And yeah. I don't mean that. Like what, the way in, in terms of yes, if you do pivot into a tank, let's say they do this thing that I have in mind, and they move Randall and Fournier out, and they bring in uh, Westbrook, but they don't bring him in; they just banish him, and they have Derrick Rose, and then let's just face it, they probably bring in someone like Carmelo Anthony. And now you're looking at a rotation that's what, maybe eighty percent, twenty six or younger. Uh, I don't. I think they'll be they'll be fun, but they also, uh, to John's credit, there's a there could be nights where it's just this is a young team that is learning how to win games, and that's okay because guess what, they still have the draft pick because it wasn't traded for Donovan Mitchell. And this is where, uh, reading Jake Fisher's book is just helped me to understand the PR of basketball a little better. 
if the kids are learning and they lose, it's so much more digestible than we played Julius Randle 40 minutes and lost. We played Alec Burks at point guard and lost. Like if Emmanuel quickly is learning through the growing pains, it'll be frustrating, but the loss doesn't hurt as much because he's learning through it. Same thing for Obi, same thing for Grimes. And that's how you sell the hope that Leon Rose put in that, that letter. I We said it a couple months ago. Knicks win 39 games, but it's with high usage from some of the younger guys that this team, this fan base has been clamoring for this entire last 12 months. Let's put it that, at that point. Um, I really don't think there's going to be much outcry. The building, building will be sold out. And I think that at the end of the day is what Dolan cares more about, that the the vibes are good. The build, His paycheck is good. Not like they're in the they're the 10th seed with Julius Randle and, and, you know, high usage from veterans. Um, so yeah, we'll see. G Huber. Then what I meant was we have this same combo looking for silver linings every year when we don't trade up and we don't get free agents and we don't trade <sighs> your thoughts, Jeremy. My thoughts are the same as they were two and a half months ago or whenever, when the Knicks didn't get Jaden Ivey when they had more assets at their disposal. I want the Knicks to trade up in the 2023 draft if they can't find another star before then. And I don't think they can find another star before then. And I think there is an expiration on some of these picks, which is why they need to consolidate in some manner. But again, it, it's I'm not looking at this as like, well, these are the silver linings. I'm looking at this as I'm genuinely okay with the way that this unfolded. It's really fine because this team has still is still climbing out of the rut. And the graveyard of lack of solid picks, first round picks from 2010 through 2018, 2019, you know, and then you get Porzingis and now you're kicking the can down the road the other way. So I understand the frustration as I've said, but yes, I, there is a point at which, okay, Leon, let's be serious. But if last, if this past draft taught us anything, and I know that the circumstances were different, but if this is as loaded of a draft class as is said to be the case, and you have one team that's looking to maybe get more picks and, and is cool with quantity as opposed to quality. That's when you strike. If there's a star that's, yeah, you know, don't really want to be here anymore. Like, as John said, if someone like Brandon Ingram, for whatever reason, or another star, whoever it is, becomes available, you're ready. It's just a matter of how, if they're the right fit for what you want. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's not silver linings. It's just, I'm cool with it and evaluating ways that the Knicks can improve moving forward. Here's how I look at it. Do you think that adding Jalen Brunson, trading away Kemba, Burks, Noel, um, and Hartenstein is a step forward from last season? Yeah, I do. Then they didn't take a step back today. They're still at that same step forward. They had a chance to take a giant leap. These are so many sports cliches that we use in the media, but I'm just going to say them anyway. They have not taken a step back yet. so. That that's where I am with with, with, with this. Um, you're up, uh, Clifton Span. Do you think we will trade Evan before the season? Would not shock me at all. But I think they probably figure Randall is a higher priority on that list. Juanon, if Mitchell was a hometown kid, how upset would he would would we all really be? The fit wasn't worth the price. Upset, but not quite to that level. I agree with with that. The roots had a huge factor. You want to root for the New York born and raised guy. I, I get that 
hundred percent. So yeah, I'm sure that plays a huge part. I asked this a couple months ago. I was like, right after free agency, we don't have confirmation that because he grew up a Mets fan in New York, that he grew up a Knicks fan. You know, like that that element, the, sure. the infatuation with the Knicks has never been confirmed. For all we know, he grew up in New York, but a fan of like the Lakers, like some Nick, New York basketball fans do. So I, I don't. The homegrown nature, I don't know how much it applies. There was Kyrie talk, and then people realized, oh, he grew up in New Jersey and a Nets fan, you know? Right. I had been told by someone who apparently knew him growing up. That, that he was a Knicks fan? Oh, well, then that confirms that, everybody. I mean, now it changes all my entire perspective. <laughs> Should have traded for him. Should have traded RJ. But listen, he, and unprotected. For he, he liked the Heat. He loved Dwayne Wade. Um, by the way, the Miami Heat, who uh, were not even in the final stages of this trade yeah. conversation. I wonder why it's because the package they had just wasn't very good. So why do you hate Tyler hero? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. ML Nairn. Thank you. Confirmed. Thanks. You confirmed my initial thoughts. This is disappointing, but it confirms we finally have a competent front office that won't mortgage future. I agree. I think the... the it's not a silver lining, like you said. Balancing the two emotions, I think, is important. You know? Yeah, like... God. Like this is Get, a tease, getting Donovan but Mitchell I'm not upset sure. long term, you know. Right, and I don't think getting Donovan Mitchell would be mortgaging the future. It would just be making it 
that much harder to add true talent around him. And I know that might seem like a, a runaround way of saying the same thing, uh, but it's more like you get Donovan Mitchell in the building. It's great. He, like he is still your future, but yeah, if the whole end point is a championship or at least contending for one, then it, it does handicap you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, sheer brilliance. Let's go, Jeremy. The offseason was still solid. PG, no veterans eating up minutes, more first rounders, solid. Like this year's draft, more is in store. Uh, agree with all that. The only thing being, um, some veterans eating up minutes. And I, I just want to be clear I don't view veterans on a roster as inherently bad. It's good to have re- uh, veterans, it's better to have veterans that work with your whole game plan. So, you know, like having. Having Derrick Rose is a very good veteran. The only thing is you would ideally have him playing off of Emmanuel quickly as well. Um, You could say Evan Fournier, if not for the presence of someone like Cam Reddish, maybe he's a good veteran off the bench, but not quite sure. And then there's Julius, who's not the best (laughs) veteran, you know, like the Taj's of the world, which, yeah. Trade for Russell Westbrook. He's a veteran. That he is. Yeah. He doesn't have to play. He just has to yeah. be paid by the Knicks next year. Uh, Mark Sable, LFGM. Shout out to you, Mark. Uh, unhappy, but glad Dolan didn't force an overpay. That is, I'm glad we made that point at the top. Yes. The fact that Dolan didn't get involved here does show some discipline, which I think is an actual silver lining of all of this. But long does, but how long does he give this front office to add, draft, or develop a true star? We said it uh, at least this year and a, a coaching change. You know, that that's my thought, at least. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Sergio Acosta, Leandro Lyon, this uh, line that he wouldn't cross. That's it. Love the newsletter. You guys are a great trio. But where's my work? Chris at keep up the great work. Uh, thank you very much. I'm sure John would say thank you for the newsletter. And Chris, and he's been doing his own. He's doing his own thing. That's not his. That's- yeah, Which it's KRIS. Document, yeah. KRIS. I'm joking. That's, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, Chris, find Twitter spaces. I, yeah. It's probably there. Um, bad eyesight. Reason I can reason I can sleep good tonight is RJ and Quick, two first round picks, are real offers. We tried. Jake Fisher said yesterday, every time deal got close, Ainge walked away. You know what? <laughs> Cosign. Yeah. yeah. They did make an honest offer. To get Donovan Mitchell uh, from that, that more than anything, the Knicks didn't get Donovan Mitchell. They actually did try to get him. And the Jazz wanted more Cavs unprotected picks, Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, and Ogbaji. Like, true. they went with an offer they liked more. The Knicks didn't lowball him just to seem like they were in it. You know, this was legitimate. Yep. So I, I co signed that. Alex. Fair or not, the spotlight's now on RJ. The Knicks are clearly betting on RJ to really break out, and he is, and he now has the $120 million contract. The days of getting passes for 521 shooting nights have ended. Uh, sure. It's also easier to do that when you don't have Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson, both in the area that you might want to operate in, especially as you go left. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 5 for 21 nights, he's right. Um, he won't get passes for those anymore. Man, if if they do bet high on him and trade Randall, right, and create more spacing, and it's a Brunson RJ team, then man, I I hope these five for twenty one nights just don't happen anymore. 
clearly. Like I, I, I think I'd, I'd like to think that the five or twenty one nights are are done as a result. Um, yeah. but we'll see. Uh, next up, Anthony Sixto. I am hyped for our squad. Glad we didn't overpay. I know Cleveland is good, but Cleveland Spider Man got like three buildings to swing around. <laughs> It's a great joke. Yeah. <laughs> that tickled me. That's really yeah. good. You read the next one. Hey, uh, Frank Miranda. Uh, what's up, fellas? It's your boy, Frank from Patreon. Uh, this front office really punted on a draft pick in 2022 and learned, leaned into nepotism all for Jalen Brunson and to watch Tibbs mismanage the rotation again. Oh, geez, man. That's opposite oof. of vibes. Frank. <laughs> all right. Uh, again, Jalen Brunson's a really good point guard. It was the connections that helped get him here and they i can't blame look time will tell i can't blame them for turning the 11th pick overall into three first round picks i understand they are protected but it's the sort of thing where if they felt like there wasn't the talent on the board we would be way more upset down the line if they burned through the 11th pick overall and later we had learned they could have gotten three first round picks instead of it so uh, only time will tell but it does cut both ways um what happens if the Donovan Mitchell summers last summer? Like if, if they went into last summer and I'm trying to process if the vibes are so bad from what last season was like to Frank's comment here, it's about like punting on the draft pick that was supposed to be the reward for all the losing. And then the worry about Tibbs mismanaging. We trusted so many things about Tibbs, so many things about, you know, would we be more comfortable? Would it be an overwhelming like 80-20 that, you know what? Screw it. Don't need Donathan Mitchell. I got my guy, Julius Randle. RJ's going to take another leap. Tibbs is the coach of the year. Like, I, I trust things more. Is it a vibes thing that you think the a portion of the fan base is going to have closer to Frank's reaction? The thing with, if Donathan Mitchell were traded with four years of team control, he would have cost mm. more than the Cavs just gave up. And the so philosophy play out the scenario if he was traded if he so, was on three years of control. So if, uh, well, oh, oh, if he was on th- if it were pushed back I'm, a year. I'm literally saying, yeah, like I the see. vibes of the pat of last summer that were there were this summer. You know. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. It's very rare for a star to be traded into another team's cap space, but if the whole thing with uh, with mm-hmm. Leon Rose was wanting to save money. Granted, he can. You can't flip. You can turn cap space into an asset, but he's better suited flipping Colin Sexton than he is having cap space. So but let's play along with that. Um, yeah, the Knicks are probably in a better spot. They're not signing Evan Fournier, that's for sure. They've got Julius Randle under contract. They've got RJ Barrett. The point guard situation's tricky. Still, um, they don't go after Kemba. Is my guess. Things are things are better, but we're talking about far. We're talking about what fewer picks still handcuffed there. Um, the value of the pick that the Knicks would have had this year would not mm-hmm. have been eleventh. It would have probably been closer to twentieth, eighteenth, maybe. That's somewhat important. So, yeah, strictly from a vibes perspective, sure. Yeah, I also think. You and I talked about whether they'd have to trade RJ for Dame last summer. And yeah, I think I think the deal would have been RJ for Mitchell. 
And I think same like now, there is a sigh of relief that the Jazz didn't take that offer. If last summer the Knicks made an honest offer for Donovan Mitchell and then the Jazz turn it down and we keep RJ, the relief is even higher because we want to keep the thing, the good thing we have going. We'll say if then Randall turns back into a pumpkin and the following season then still happens and they missed out on Donovan Mitchell, it would have made the vibes of this the next season even worse. Yeah. So you hope that that doesn't happen anyway. Uh believe you're no, this is me. Uh Rob, uh the lose. Oh, my butt, my my fellow Mets fan. Uh gentlemen of the garden. Great to hear you guys. I'm glad we didn't get fleeced. I am also glad we didn't get fleeced from the LFGM. You're up. John Kim, I'm glad the trade didn't happen. Utah wanted way too much. Should package a draft pick to ship Randall somewhere else and build through the draft. Uh, let's go New York Knicks. Again, like, I'm not cool with that. I, I'm not trading a first round pick. And it all, it's also like, it feels, it feels oxymoronic to say, let's package a draft pick to ship to Randall, but then build through the draft. You know, <laughs> I think like, what, what I, he's I, saying I, I totally get what John's protected. Saying. Yeah, I understand. No, and uh, in my mind, the only thing that would go out would be a protected pick. I, I get what John's trying to say here. It just, it feels like two things going in the opposite direction. You're, you're giving up a pick to move off of it. I guess it comes down to how much you can stomach having Randall here for longer. I don't. It's like we we've had this conversation before. It's like. Does he need to go or does he need to go? He doesn't need to go, but I mean, he should go. So he needs to go. It's the context of that's important. But yeah, yeah, I just, I can't, I'm not comfortable giving up a first to move Randall. I'm just, and, and I don't think the Knicks are either. I also think they don't think they have to. Um, perception in New York is different than around the country. Yep. I do want to say, I think you value the protected picks a little higher than it seems like, or definitely more than Danny Ainge did. And no, I, I then I think the rest of us kind of consider that's not them. what I'm getting at. I, I'm very comfortable moving protected first. I'm not comfortable attaching them to move someone like Randall. There's a difference. It's if one it, thing if I'm not saying yeah. that the protected firsts are going to get you Donovan Mitchell. Clearly, they didn't. It took three unprotected firsts. Right. Like you could make an upgrade in the starting lineup. I don't, I'm not saying specifically, but like you could take a player, add a protect first and get a somewhat better player who's not a star. Right. Like that I understand. It's okay. I don't want to take something that's considered a neutral and negative asset and then slap a pick onto it and then toss it out. It's why I go back to, again, you still have Russell Westbrook out there. Maybe the mm-hmm. Hornets are interested. Like there are, avenues for you to do it uh, i just i don't think the knicks are comfortable with it at all and i don't blame oh. them if they are brock aller definitely isn't i think you're but but if we're not then, but if they're not it, rushing then why is leon rose rushing to move randall again it's a, it's a fit it's a basketball fit issue for me i, I you know i totally understand especially with obi going into year three with no guaranteed now look i this is the other thing i said to jd last week if night one, Randall plays 26 minutes and Obi plays 22, I will be like, keep him, whatever. It's not going to happen, Jeremy. Yeah, I know. I, I know you know this. Yeah. I'm literally saying that's the scenario in which I'll then get off the they need to trade Julius thing. If it's 28-20, I'll even be fine. But 
Obi needs to play more. You can't, it's not even a, if I'm overly believing in Obi. You can't draft a guy eighth overall and then play him eight minutes a night to do something he's never done consistently in college. That's just a bad use of him as an asset, also him as a basketball player. And then like when he goes someplace else, God forbid you played a player eight minutes that might prove that he can be a higher volume minutes player someplace else to extend Julius Randle instead. That's your, an actual nightmare scenario. You, you're opinion. preaching in the choir. It's just yeah. like last year, we were saying the Knicks have to make a move, right? They have to get, they have to clear up this log jam. And the Knicks said, yeah, no, we, we don't. We don't have to do that right now. Mm-hmm. That can wait. I think the circumstances are a little different, 100%, but they've just shown far more patience than I think a lot of us would have exerted. But that's why the the blame for me was always on the front office. Of course, like the Tibbs yeah. and the players argument was like I'd rather one of someone from up top step in because whether they believe it or not, like we've done a good job of explaining why they don't believe that. I disagree with them. I guess is my I my should. point at the end of the day. Sure, um, Dom Cappuccini. If the Knicks accepted Danny Ainge's final offer, would each of you be more disappointed than you are currently? If more disappointment could be possible, got to be honest, Don. It'd be probably about the same because it, it would then the butt would be different because <laughs> I heard it too. Um, it, right now, it's like, wow, that's this summer of Donovan Mitchell didn't end with Donovan Mitchell, but you still took a step forward with Jalen Brunson and the treasure chest is still full. If they did make that final offer, it's damn like I wanted to see what RJ would turn into. I liked Emmanuel quickly. But you got the first star in the building. It's only two years unprotected picks. And in three years, if they've taken a step forward, that next guy will eye New York as a target. There are there's a balance to both perspectives that I think exists. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, we could have said the Knicks of Donovan Mitchell. But by all accounts, it would have been with no RJ Barrett, with no Emmanuel quickly. With two unprotected firsts gone and um, Evan Fournier to make the math work. Yeah. Because they weren't going to move Derrick Rose, which also would have made the math work. Who would have been a better contract for the Jazz as well. So uh, it would have it been like, this hurts, but you get Donovan Mitchell. Whereas now it's, you don't get Donovan Mitchell, but the roster stays intact and uh, there's some work for them to do. And hopefully they can finally do it now that this is behind us. <laughs> Actually, all behind us. Hell yeah. Uh, Hush Zoo. Um, it's me. You're up. Hush Zoo. Last question. Seeing how high the Knicks see Grimes, is he a lock for the starting two now? If not, does he see a significant minute bump this year? He'll definitely see a significant minute bump. But again, it's up to the front office to really clear this up. If they can't clear it up, then it's more problems for Tibbs. And he's, he's got to be able to have a rotation. As John said, if it's nine, then that's at least two players that he's cutting out, arguably three. If it's 10, then it's one player, arguably two. He's, they've got to do some sort of fall cleaning, if you will. I, in the spirit of this question, I think today is about reacting to the Mitchell trade. We've got another potential evergreen pod coming this Sunday, you and I will have to talk off the air if that's still happening. <laughs> um, we will, I think, spend all of September, or at least most of September, not talking about the f- like 
the potential transactions. Like eventually we are going to pivot to like how this fits basketball wise and about the upcoming season and how it can work, how it couldn't work. Like that is a, a thing we're going to shift to. Um, so no worries. Um, we will talk about starting lineup machinations and different lineups we'd like to see in the not too distant future. Hushu, and any other people that are tired of the off seasons of what ifs and potential transactions. Buzzer beater. Uh, could we still have traded for Spida 30 million for RJ after the extension because the salaries are close? Yes. But Jeremy, I'll let you explain how. Yes, but also RJ's extension isn't for this year. It's for Next year. later. And the poison pill would have impacted it. Could have happened. It just uh, wasn't as likely. Abdullah Diallo. Um, it's not the end of the world, guys. Relax. I don't mind watching good talent develop. Uh, I too don't mind good, watching good talent develop. I believe this is Ray Marcano's super chat that I read earlier. Oh, 37 wins? Yes, hashtag yep. 37 wins. So shout out, Ray. Uh, oh, no, and there it is. I'll read it again. You guys are beasts. Two hours in, I want what Robert Cross is smoking because the Knicks are a 37-win team. Uh, hashtag 37 wins. Hashtag dump redacted. Um, and then you're up. Uh, Zach Messick. I really feel like we have adults in the front office. This wasn't the exciting move, but given the price, it was the responsible move. I'm okay with that. I agree. I agree. Cosine. Um, Dom Cappuccini as pissed off much of the fan base is as pissed off as most of most as pissed off as most of the fan base is right now. I think a welfare check should be done on Tibbs as well. Um, yeah, what do you think Tibbs is thinking about this? That he that the Knicks don't get Donovan Mitchell? Uh, I think he's upset. I think he's upset because he knows this team needs more talent. And if he were in charge, he would have done exactly what he did in Minnesota. He would have gotten his guy. In Minnesota, it was Jimmy Butler. Here, it would have been presumably Donovan Mitchell. And he wanted, uh, he wanted to keep Quentin Grimes. I think he's probably okay with RJ Barrett if he's not here based on how it seems. And um, I think he would have moved Evan Fournier as a result. And he would have added as many unprotected firsts as necessary. And he would have added pick swaps too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I think he's, I think he's happy that he gets to work with a player like Grimes, but if Grimes was never on the table, then I, I'm sure he's disappointed right now. Speaking of Tibbs, if Berman report is true, I'd love to be a, is it you? No, Lunas Amarat. Oh, what'd I say? You didn't. Oh, Lunas Emirat. Apologies. If Berman report is true, I'd love to be a fly on the wall of the New York front office and wondering how they value Grimes versus RJ and IQ. Like what they think his ceiling is. Well, they think his ceiling is not a max, but definitely four years and $130 million. Um, what, $120 million. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's at least part of the ceiling. Um, I mean, John's reported on this and we've been going through different other beat reporters that have been plugged into this. They, there's um, a, a split opinion on RJ within the front office. At least that's how I read it. Some see him as significantly higher than what his ceiling is so far. And they got a bargain on the contract. And then some see him as a much lower ceiling, maybe like a potential all-star one day on like an injury replacement. And as a result, uh, they could see him being in the next trade, like absolutely the the centerpiece of a next trade and nowhere near an untouchable. Uh, is that a fair assessment, Jeremy? 
Yeah, I don't think there's a single player who's untouchable on this roster. Uh, right now, I think there's one. And Grimes? No. Well, okay, two. I don't think Leon Rose is trading his godson. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought, yes, sure. That, yeah. Yes. And it's I, was thinking, I was thinking more be. of the players who can't be traded anyway. Oh, like at this moment. Okay. But yes, gotcha. you're, you're 100% right. Brunson, I think and I guess in a future deal under this front office, there's two untradeable players. And well, if, if I say this front office, knowing Tibbs would sacrifice his body, um, like his whole year for Derek Rose to stay on the roster. Um, but I think they brought Jalen Brunson here because it was good family business. And, uh, and then obviously Quentin Grimes is apparently untouchable. Um, next up. Matt, Aussie Knicks fan. Uh, morning friends for what it's worth. I am totally okay with not paying that price for Mitchell. Can't wait for our young kids to grow and develop. Yeah. See, even down under, they believe this. <laughs> well done. Shout out, Matt. Uh, Sima Singh. Um, I love the, except for the Giants logo, I honestly don't care. I love the artwork. In his artwork, uh, there is a Giants helmet, a Rangers logo, an, an old school Knicks logo, and a Mets logo. Love it. Uh, blame Phil Jackson, not Leon Rose, for Mitchell not being here. Yes, stay awake in the draft day workout. Pre-draft workout, Phil Jackson. How's that? Yeah. Um, you're up. Well, it's actually for you, too. Ah, Kevin Danishevsky. Jeremy, what's the likely Randall destination now? Again, I'd say Charlotte in a three-team deal. Could even be a two-team deal with LA. I still don't see the fit in LA, but uh, if they do, that's great. I don't, I don't think they do. Uh, in Phoenix, maybe you could do a three-team trade with LA as well. You could do a three-team deal with Phoenix and Charlotte. So I know I've just listed three <laughs> out of the other 29 franchises. Uh, so, yeah. That's but I'll, three, I'll say, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, three destinations. I mean, those are the three obvious ones. I'm not exactly saying anything that's groundbreaking here. But I'll yeah. rank them as Charlotte, Phoenix, LA. Two of those. One of which we've already had on the pod yes. and two of which we'll have next week. We have a Charlotte person and a Phoenix person coming on next week to see if we can figure out a Julius Randle trade before the front offices do. Um, next up, Dom Cappuccini, 40 wins and no play-in. First of all, Dom, thank you for the contribution. It's very generous. Um, 40 wins and no play-in. I said 43 before the schedule and Cavs getting better. If RJ is an all-star, Quentin Grimes is a solid starter, Jalen Brunson spikes the offense and Julius Randle stays out of the way. Oh, and the defense doesn't drop off. We hear back and trades will be easier in the future. It's funny. He said all of that after he said 40 wins and no play-in. Gotta be totally honest with you. I don't see the 10th team that's better than the Knicks. I just don't. Charlotte's a mess right now. Yeah, yeah. Lamelo. he's probably better than anybody that's on the Knicks right now. He is. They're a mess. Yeah. Yes, I, I, they the, are. The Knicks are better than the Hornets has currently constructed. And maybe if we trade the Julius Randle, they'll be even worse. Like, as currently constructed, the Knicks are the, at least the 10th best team. And an argument could be made that because injuries happen, they're better than Chicago, too. So they're the ninth best team. Then a couple wins go a different way because, you know, the NBA happens uh, and there's plays close games and the East might be more of a gauntlet. They get up to eighth. Like, why is that so... Like impossible that that some Knicks fans are seeing today is all right. We're stuck as and I Dom. I'm probably bringing this energy to you. I'm not fully bringing it to you. I just I feel like there is a sentiment that 
the Knicks are now not a, a even a playing team. They're stuck as the 11th best team still. Oh, well, memories are short. You know, there's an argument that Washington is a worse team than the Knicks. They've Bradley Beal, but yeah, if it all comes together, they've got injury concerns with Porzingis. I mean, on paper, maybe. They, I mean, they're older. They've got more star talent, quote unquote. So that could be the case. As for 40 wins and no play, and I feel like I agree 40 wins might get you the 11th seed, which is not the play in. It's out of the playoff picture. But what team is getting? I'm just saying, if, if we're talking no plan, that would imply six seed, right? So 40 wins is not getting you to the six seed. Oh, okay. I took this as 40 wins and no plan. Like they're not even going to make the plan. 40 wins will be the 11. Oh, seed. yeah. In that case, then if if that's the deal, then yeah, that would that would line up in terms of like not being able to make the plan. I I agree. I still think they can make the ninth or tenth seed. I I will. Here, five dollar bet to Jeremy right now. I'll Venmo you. I've been doing the five dollar bets with Rich, like five bucks if Darren Ruff flies out right now or gets a hit right here. And guess what? Hasn't been happening. Um, uh, five bucks to Jeremy if the Knicks don't make the play in at least next year. Okay, Wait, as in I'm saying they do, and you're saying they don't. Yeah, no, I'm saying they will. But I'm also saying they will. So why would no, I? No, I'm just listen. You don't have to pay me anything. <laughs> I'm right. literally putting sure. my money where my mouth is. Okay. I will pay Jeremy. He doesn't have to give me anything great. other than you were wrong. This is a, this is an excellent okay. deal. I like this. Okay. Cool. <laughs> the easiest five bucks <laughs> you may have ever made. Yes. Speaking of five bucks, Mr. Nix 101, <laughs> thank you for the contribution in the super chat. And then here's his actual comment. Um, go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, if you're Leon Rose, how do you sell this Knicks roster to a free agent? Just did. Well, the good news is, as John's saying, uh, if free agency is not super active, then you don't have to do a whole lot of selling because <laughs> you pretty much have to trade for them. But yeah, what you're selling is the, what you're at least selling to the general fan base is we're a younger team that's stocked with picks that's looking to develop, grow, and compete. They just have to figure out what they're doing with some of the veterans on the roster. And I think that picture will be a little clearer from there. Last super chat. And then we'll wrap up with some final thoughts. Bernard Richardson getting lost in this is that it wouldn't have been just picks going out, but flexibility for any next move. And Leon and co recognize that old regimes overlooked that did the right thing. In my opinion. <sighs> yeah. That's like the entire reason why RJ was included. Because by all accounts, if the Knicks were comfortable trading four picks and Grimes, they'd be gone. Yep. They weren't. And it's honestly the benefit of what Cleveland did is they hit on Mobley. They hit on Garland. They're comfortable building around those two enough to sell Donovan Mitchell on Cleveland for three years and then hopefully an extension. Man. I, listen, empathy to Cleveland fans out there. We have some uh, Justin and Carter from uh, the Chase Down Pod are friends of our show as well. Man, if the Cavs lose LeBron and Kyrie and then Donovan Mitchell, like I know that there, there's different situations involved here, right? But if they lose LeBron the way they did the decision, Kyrie forces his way out in the middle of what was supposed to be runs to the finals. And then like Donovan Mitchell, they trade all everything for like, that's the, the full backfire in PTSD. If you're a Cavs fan, uh, 
But yeah, I, I agree with Bernard's statement. I think that overall is the the majority sentiment. Like to this poll that we've been running, how are you feeling today? Good. Price is way too high. 52%. Bad. Need to get a star. 17%. And then neutral. Trust the process. 31%. So we're still at 83%. Yeah. Like the majority of people feel like this price is way too high. And this is most votes we've had on one of these polls, 808 votes. Um, yeah, I think there will be a, a the, the the larger sentiment is I'm glad they they called Danny Angel's bluff and didn't go all in now. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts before we wrap up, Jeremy? Um, I mean, a lot of it was obviously captured in the almost three hour pods. So yeah, look at us. All for, for sticking with us. But yeah, I mean, again, the, the front office is clearly willing to take risks because it's a risk as good as Donovan Mitchell is to trade RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, and two unprotected first round picks. I feel like that's going to get lost in the fray of even if you're happy that Donovan Mitchell's not here because of that cost, there is that offer. That offer was on the table. And what happens if we're in a world where the Jazz accept that offer? I, I think it's pretty jarring. And I just, I want fans to keep that in mind moving forward because you have to give to get talent. And the Knicks aren't at the spot where they could afford to give up what Cleveland did because they're just simply not. That's not where they're at right now. But there will come a point in which the Knicks have to trade for a star and it's going to cost them and it's going to hurt. And the reward will hopefully be better because we'll be further along that timeline. And you would hope that the value of some of these players accrues in such a way where they're not treated as, you know, small pieces of the puzzle, but like a main course. But also as they get better, our love for those players is only going to grow. And it's just going to be hard to say goodbye no matter what. And sometimes it's the right decision. Sometimes the hardest decision is the right one. Now it wasn't, but there will come a point in which it has to be. And so if you were really in favor of getting Donovan Mitchell, I'm sorry. I am. I feel for you. If you were at best neutral, the day goes on. <laughs> the next one comes about. And if you're really cool with this team being the way it is and maybe making some other tinkering as well, then that's great. But just keep in mind what could have happened can still happen down the line. Yeah. Look no further than this summer. The Knicks were done. And then the Jazz traded got Rudy Gobert for all the picks and Donovan Mitchell became available. Who knows who that player might be next summer or during the season. You know, we'll see. Uh, thank you to everybody. Still just under 600 people watching live on YouTube as well as on Facebook and on Twitter. Thank you to John. Thank you to Jeremy. Um, to all of our super chat, super chat contributors as well as all of the, the people just watching live and helping away in the regular chat. Um, we appreciate you following along with us this summer. Uh, the summer of Donovan Mitchell might be over. The summer of Julius Randle may now begin uh, for the next at least a month or week or so of Julius Randle might begin. We'll, we'll cover it as best we can. Uh, if you dug this video, please like below as well as subscribe to the channel. If you are listening on the podcast, whichever episode you got to, well, at this point you got to episode three 
of this. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five star rating and a review. Those reviews help us go a long way um, in getting the word out and getting the show more more eyeballs, more attention. Uh, we made it through, Jeremy. Hopefully, we get to enjoy the next month before basketball comes back. But until next time, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we will speak with you all soon. Peace. Peace.